Hi, I'm Dr. Shannon Deer. And I'm Cheryl Miller. Together, we wrote Business Doing Good, Engaging Women and Elevating Communities. It has six principles for businesses looking to hire women overcomers, women who have overcome challenging paths of incarceration, addiction, poverty, and engagement in the sex trade. You can order today on Amazon and it'll release on August 15th. Hi, Cheryl. Hello, Shannon. It's good to be here today. I'm excited. And we're going to talk a little bit about why we wrote this book, Business Doing Good, Engaging Women in Elevating Communities. And one of the best places to start is why invest in women and women overcomers and your personal story with that. Okay. About 30-something years ago, I was a single and pregnant and about to be homeless. And when I went into labor, I found out that I was not just having one baby. I was having twins. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and not only were they twins, but they were two and a half months premature. So here I was, the single mom with nothing. And I have two babies that were born into the welfare system, two very sick babies that were born into the welfare system. And at the beginning, I wasn't even sure what to do. But fortunately, the people that were engaged in my life understood the principles that we write about in Business Doing Good. And they really pushed me. They they didn't look at me like I was broken and needed to be fixed. They didn't look at me like I was some kind of project. They were like, well, you've got to figure something out because you now have two children to take care of and you're not going to be able to do that, you know, doing the type of work that you've been doing in the past. So they encouraged me to go back to school. They helped with my kids. They helped me get transportation. So I did. I went back to school and I graduated a few years later with my bachelor's degree and became a teacher. And then after that, I met and married my husband, and we have two more kids since then. But the the important part is the fact that the change in my life was significant, not only for me, but for my children. My twins, Danny and Travis, you know, they were the two that were born premature and into that not very good situation at all. And they never really knew growing up that that was a part of their reality, because by the time they were old enough to have memories, we were living, you know, a normal life. Danny loved playing softball. And so she really wanted to play at this one particular college. That was her hope. And sure enough, she was picked to play at that college. The year after she graduated, she coached there with a team. And when they did, that team went all the way and won the NCAA National Championship. So she's got a World Series college ring for what she did. And right after that, she found out she was getting a scholarship. So she got a scholarship to go to graduate school. And now she she has a master's degree of social work from Baylor University. And she has a master of divinity from Truett Seminary. And then her brother, twin brother, Travis, when he was little, all he ever talked about was flying planes. And I think it was like in maybe the second or third grade, he told us he wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. And eventually, you know, got went through high school and he applied and he actually got accepted. And so in 2009, he graduated from the United States Air Force Academy, and then eventually he went into pilot training. He flew planes. He actually was deployed and flew planes in Afghanistan. Now they're both married. My son had his first child a year and a half ago, and Danny's expecting her first child very soon. And the main reason why I think the principles in this book are significant for women overcomers like I was is it changed my life dramatically. The way people engaged with me and the way they pushed me and encouraged me changed my life dramatically and really drove me to want to be a better person and a better mom. But the bigger piece is my children didn't grow up in poverty and their children were not born into poverty. So generations are impacted 
by the principles that we're talking about. If it was just my life alone and, you know, just their childhood alone, it would be great. But this is going to go on for generations in year after year after year. So I think that's one of the significant reasons why businesses and organizations really need to invest in the right way in helping women overcome challenging paths. Absolutely. And we talk about that a lot, that investing in women really has this exponential impact because it is generational. And it shows up in the research, of course, on world and economic development. But you've seen it thousands and thousands of times in women's lives. And Mm -hmm. so we met because I was doing research on women who were exiting the sex trade. And I called you um, because someone connected me to you. I called you and I said, can I come and interview people that have exited through your organization? And then the way I like to tell the story is that you grilled me for about an hour. It was more probably like 20 minutes and asked me a lot of questions about why I wanted to do the research, if I was really prepared to do the research, if I was going to take care of the women <laughs> and um, you know treat them well and confidentially and all of those things that are really important when working with a population that's gone through really any kind of challenging past, but certainly women exiting the sex trade. And so finally, after a very long grilling, you said yes, that I could come interview the participants. And and so you weren't even there. So we didn't even get to meet then. I know. Um, And then we met maybe a year or so later. And then about two years ago, you emailed me and said, would you like to write a book together? And I said, yes. And then I remember I wrote back immediately and said, wait, what is this book about? (laughs) (laughs) And I assumed it was about women overcomers, but I wasn't entirely sure. And so we'll talk about what the book's about in just a second. But first, you were at that time running a housing program. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you saw thousands of women overcomers come through the organization. And to us, women overcomers are women who have overcome any kind of challenging past But specifically, we talk a lot about women who have overcome incarceration, addiction, generational poverty, and engagement in the sex trade. And so, like you said, you've seen all of those women come through and really provide better futures for their children. And that was something that was so compelling to me in the research that I did and talking to the women. And it was small things at first that they talked about being so proud of, Mm -hmm. being able to pay for their kids to have cable TV and an apartment, and their own bed. Those were things that they were so excited about as they moved through that recovery process, really, and establishing a different future for that next generation. And like you said, your kids didn't grow up in poverty. Quickly, they were out of poverty. Their children's children will never even know that reality. And the same is true for so many women that came through the housing program that you ran, where their children will never know what poverty is like in the way that they did. And, you know, so many of them really did experience that generational addiction, incarceration, and poverty where their parents were living in that lifestyle too. And that investment that you and the people working with you made in them and that they made in their own lives was really so powerful and such a big major transformation for them. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about the housing program and what you did there. We'll talk about the principles that were used in the housing program later, but what was the housing program like? Why was it so important? Well, when I started, it was a small program. We had capacity for about seven women, and then we got a grant and were able to expand. And we could house about 15 women on any given day with their children. And we were doing a really good job with the housing piece of it. You know, they were getting sober and they were, you know, turning their lives around. They were making good choices. They were getting jobs. 
But the problem we kept running into is they weren't getting jobs that paid enough for them to sustain a healthy, productive life that they were living. And so we really began asking, well, what can we do to, you know, to address that? And so we created a social enterprise and it was, it was a training center. And at first we, we kind of played around with the different ideas of what kind of training we, we could do. And we knew my instinct was we shouldn't have them doing anything that's dependent on us. Mm -hmm. So if this is going to be their business and they're going to run this social enterprise, it should be based on their skills and their expertise. And so we were kind of like, well, what are they experts at? Well, they're experts at surviving, they're experts at recovery, they're experts at, you know, entrepreneurship. And so they started creating training around those around those models. And when we implemented when we implemented that social enterprise, I think the two pieces that were really significant in making our program very effective and having a really high success rate and a really significant impact was creating that social enterprise and our restorative justice focus that we had within the organizations. Those two things really sped up the transformation process that the women experienced it and experienced it. And it also created a, almost like a a highway to go as far as they wanted to go, you know, to take their dreams as far as they wanted to take. And a lot of them did. They went and they've done some really amazing things and they did it in very short periods of time. And the more exciting part is that they were even able to maintain it. Mm -hmm. And so they've, it wasn't just that they accomplished it, they've accomplished it and continued to do things and continue to maintain their sobriety and, you know, buying homes and those types of things. So it's really good model. And what excites me about the book and about our connection is I was seeing firsthand that this worked. I mean, I you can't dispute when you have woman after woman after woman accomplishing all these amazing things. So you know that it works. But then you came along and with your research and when you saw that the that such a significant number of the women in your study had come through this program and kind of started digging into it saying, okay, why is that model different from others? I think that was such a huge benefit especially for the book, because now not only do, can we just say, yeah, I know this works from experience, but we can also say, yeah, we know this works from the research perspective. Yeah, I agree. It's such a good partnership yeah. <laughs> to have the truly practical side of you doing it. And which I know is such hard, but rewarding work of really being there with the women, walking alongside them, supporting them, encouraging them. And which comes with many beautiful moments and many challenges. And you did that and really did see success. I interviewed women from organizations all across the area, and none of them had as powerful of a transformation as the women that came through your organization. And it really was that social enterprise, and we'll talk about this later, but that putting them in immediate leadership opportunities. We hear so often, and again, we'll go into this in more detail, but we hear so often from nonprofit organizations or from companies, this feels risky and they may not be ready. And certainly a lot of the women that come through the organizations like these have experienced a lot of trauma. And those are important things to consider. But what you found and what we confirmed in the research is that that recovery from, from trauma, moving through that trauma really is faster when you're building that self-efficacy or belief in, in yourself, that self-esteem and self-worth. Because when women, and again, my research was specifically for women exiting the sex trade, but your work was for women overcoming any kind of challenging past. And certainly there's a lot of overlap in addiction and incarceration and engagement in the sex trade. But specifically women exiting the sex trade, their biggest challenge when they left was that they lacked self-worth and self-esteem. And one of the women said, I didn't know what I was good at anymore. I didn't know what I was good for anymore. And 
But once they realized that they could be, and, and these are their words, not mine, once they realized they could be productive members of society on the right side of the table, you know, and some of them were training law enforcement. And so that right side of the table visualization was so powerful for me because, you know, at one time she was on the wrong side of the table in, you know, in a, in a jail situation and going through the, the court process. But when she was training law enforcement, she was on the right side of the table. And it was really cool to hear that example. And there's thousands more, but the book really does give those principles for how can you quickly approach that transformation, bring women into a business setting or a nonprofit setting or any kind of work environment, lawful work environment that helps them build that self-esteem and self-worth so quickly and experience that transformation faster. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does make a difference by doing it early on. It really does. Yeah. So like we said, the book is called Business Doing Good, Engaging Women and Elevating Communities. And it provides six principles for businesses that are looking to hire women who have overcome challenging pasts like incarceration, addiction, poverty, engagement, and the sex trade. So it has those six principles, but what else does it have? <laughs> the, it has stories. Yeah. Because to me, it's like, the principles are great, but the principles are just magnified when you tell the stories of the women. And so what we did, because we didn't want to share any one woman's particular story for several reasons, protecting their anonymity and confidentiality. And it's also their story to tell, not ours. And so what we did is we kind of created this compilation of all these different personalities that I had met over the 18 years that I was there. And, and we created these women with fictitious names. And, you know, we just tell their story. There's pieces of every woman, including myself, in every character in the book. Not one woman is a single, a single person of her own. All of the dialogue that's in the book and a lot of the, you know, the different experiences they had are things that I actually saw mm -hmm. and conversations that I actually had with the women over those years. And so it begins with a story and it usually starts with the challenges they're tr that they're emerging from, whether it's addiction or incarceration. And then it highlights one of the principles and then it ends with the story really showing how that principle impacted the transformation that they went through. And the six women in the book, they have all kinds of amazing success stories. Some of them have some success stories that have some loops in them where they face some challenges and mm -hmm. maybe relapse or something like that. But they um, eventually come to a place of success like so many women. And this is just six examples or six compilations of mm -hmm. examples. But there's so many women that have had these amazing experiences and successes. And there's women who have become executives or women who uh, run nonprofits. There are women who are licensed professional counselors, teachers, and many women that are several women that own their own business right. in the book as well. And so there are so many different ways in the book by reading it that anybody can engage in their community to help engage women and elevate their community and really invest in women in multiple different ways, whether that's helping them start a business or you know, engaging with a nonprofit and hiring women that are, are overcoming challenging paths and receiving the support that they need in all the other areas of their life to be able to do that in the workplace. Exactly. And the book was written, obviously, for businesses and, you know, business leaders. But but I also think it could be very applicable for nonprofit organizations who are working with these women to say, OK, wait a minute. Are we doing a programming that is as effective as it could be? Could we help these women go through this process and achieve their goals more quickly? And so I think that's a secondary group. But the group that I'm most excited about are the women that the women themselves 
that pick up this book, I hope when they read this book and they hear, read those stories, they see a little piece of themselves. And then they'll think, oh my gosh, I was like that. And if that person in that book was able to go on to be a counselor or to own her own business or you know, to be a teacher, if she can do it, why couldn't I do it? Mm-hmm. And so I, even though that's not our primary audience that we wrote the book for, that's the one I'm most excited about, about who's going to read it. And we hope the book makes a significant impact. One of the things that we've already gotten to see the impact of, even though the book isn't even out as of today, um, but one of the things that we've really gotten to see the impact of that gives us such hope and optimism is connecting businesses with nonprofits that are already implementing the principles or close to implementing the principles or excited to implement the principles. We've already gotten to do some trainings with nonprofit organizations. And so matching up some very large corporations here in the U.S. with nonprofit organizations that have women that really are ready for the workforce. It's been a real honor. Yeah, it has been. And it's been fun. It it's has. been really fun. And it's and it's exciting to see businesses taking up the challenge because you and I both know that's a huge part of the solution to ending a lot of these major, major barriers that are facing people out there. And so it's it's exciting that businesses are seeing that and recognizing the significant the role that they play in addressing addiction, in addressing, you know, incarceration and in addressing and sex trafficking that, the, you know, they need to step up and they are stepping up. So it's really exciting. It is exciting. And we're seeing such an investment in corporate social responsibility and that aspect of it. But we also know, and we'll talk about this later, that it can help with their profit as well. And so we're so optimistic about yeah. the future. Yep. It's good. Thank you so much for tuning in to Business Doing Good, engaging women and elevating communities with Dr. Shannon Deere and Cheryl Miller. If you would like to pre-order the book that comes out on August 15th or get in touch with Shannon and Cheryl about training, speaking, or consulting services, search businessdoinggood.org. You can also find it in the description. Thank you.